Here's a news flash. Surprise, surprise. Well, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh my God. Times have changed. There are no rules. You're gonna love it. Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest new shows on Binge, along with our dinner party recommendations. My name is John Bohm, here with Ali Herbert Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, we've uh, spent the last few episodes talking about some great scripted content, some mini-series, some comedies and dramas. This week, we've got two documentaries. Two very different documentaries. They are very different documentaries, but the way I would describe this week, John, is gripping true crime documentary. So if you love your making your murderers and your staircases and that jazz, we've got a new one for you. And I'm loving this. It's a three-part series that I can't wait to get stuck into talking about. It's called Low Country, The Murdoch Dynasty. And then we've got another documentary. This one's a one-off each documentary, but it's about Santa. So I think the theme of this week is true crime. And Christmas, because it's nearly December, so surely we can start getting the tree out and talking about Santa. So, yeah, yeah the second documentary is called Santa Camp and our dinner party recommendations, the things that we recommend to our friends over dinner that are great to watch on binge. Should we get stuck in? Yes. Let's head to South Carolina for Low Country, the Murdoch Dynasty. A prominent family here in South Carolina dead after what's being called a double homicide. The Murdochs have had control of Hampton County for so long. They've built a relative empire. Money, position, power. Kings of uh, the low country. Where the Murdochs go, death seems to follow. Paul did some bad stuff. There's a lot voting under the influence. There's, there's six of us and one is missing. After decades of power, one of South Carolina's most influential families unravel following a series of tragic events. Low Country, The Murdoch Dynasty is the latest true crime series from HBO, revealing over a century of secrets and cover-ups. Ali, this is like a very local American story. Um, so I was not familiar with it, not familiar with the family, understandably. It's kind of quite regional. But oh my, like this is this is like the most gripping true crime thing I've watched in a while. Yes, I agree. And you completely don't need to know who these families are. So we're saying, I don't even know if we're saying it right. At one point in the show, I thought they were saying the Murdoch family or Murdoch, but it's it's effectively spelled M-U-R-D-A-U-H. Yeah, so like. Murder, yeah. murder, or how I think we're not saying it right, but anyway, this is. I also thought it was pronounced murder to start with, and I was like, I the murder did. I thought it was, a, and it is about a murder, but anyway, I know, so complicated. Get past yeah. it, everybody. But basically, yeah. it's the story of a young guy. He's like nineteen, twenty. His name is Paul Murder. He is kind of one of the youngest of this family dynasty, and because, as they say, one generation makes the money, one generation spends the money, one generation blows the money. He's in like the third or fourth generation of the Murdoch dynasty and he's a little bit of a spoiled brat and he gets himself into an incident and then a whole lot of chain of events start to unravel. But because he's come from a position of privilege, he's almost been raised knowing that he can get away with get away with murder. And just to clarify, the the power is kind of quite interesting and it's not just that they're rich and it's not just that they're influential, but they have this like centuries long history of working within the like legal system as lawyers and attorney generals and all these things. So it's not just that they're rich. It's not that they wield power. They're like intimately involved in the legal system, which when you start to maybe murder people becomes very helpful. 
Isn't it? And it's not just the legal system on, oh, we're lawyers fighting for justice, but as you say, attorney generals, you're on both sides almost of the judicial system. You're the kind of prosecutors and defenders. So great power. And exactly that, this young man, when he gets himself into trouble, the first person he rings in the middle of the night is not his girlfriend, his mum or a friend. It's his grandfather, grandfather. and the power yeah. that he kind of and, and yields. So this has got so many things going for it. It's got family, a real story, a family twist, a sense of justice and, and kind of uncovering what's happened. And this is quite a recent event. There's a murder and then there's an accident. So there's kind of two major events that anchor the story. One's in 2019, one's in 2021. So it's also quite recent where this has all been happening. And it's very much a contemporary story, isn't it? That you go into the layers of what this family is about and why we find ourselves in this situation with them. But it's, it's really the story of yeah, kind of two tragic events that are quite recent. So the first episode starts off with this boating accident where this young woman does tragically die and it looks like this younger murder son was incredibly drunk, like very, very drunk and caused this accident. But what one of the things that I found like chilling and so compelling is the footage that they have of not the actual accident, but they've got like incredible cop cam, incredible hospital footage where you're hearing these people like not long after they've just lost their friend and then like already talking about cover-ups and or like one of the other guys on the boat says to the cop, oh, you know who that guy's dad is? Like they're at the crime scene still and you can already see almost the cover-up starting or that they know justice won't be served. And then you see the dad and the grandfather arrive at the hospital on the CCTV and oh, yeah, it's fascinating. And you get to the end of the first episode and there's like a massive other twist with the other crime. But yeah, it's just so compelling and it's just it's such a rich territory with like wealth and like bratty kids and also small small town politics there's not a small town of of it yes and this family's wealthy or has influence but the town itself is quite a small i mean at the beginning they kind of put you in context like you know there's a couple of traffic lights like the family kind of spreads out across the county in multiple districts in kind of south carolina but yeah the the role that money starts to play in their power and almost can they can dictate commerce in the town and everything and the town is is quite vulnerable to them as well. So, yeah, it's got good layers, doesn't it? It's a new yeah. one. Yeah, loving it. We've got all three apps dropping at once. Yes, so all three parts are streaming from Monday, November 28th. And, yeah, I've only seen the first episode. Like, your jaw is on the floor at the end of it, and, yeah, I can't wait to see the rest of it. So, yeah, all of uh, Low Country, the Murdoch dynasty, uh, will be streaming on Binge from Monday, November 28th. The Murdochs were like the Mafia. You just don't mess with them. Several families have not gotten justice. Decades of institutional evil. What else is he hiding? The business of who gets to be Santa is explored in the new feature documentary, Santa Camp. Following a Santa Society and its annual event for aspiring professional Father Christmases, featuring a black Santa, a transgender Santa, and a Santa with disabilities, this grounded documentary explores representation through a festive lens where traditionally only white men needed to apply. The New England Santa Society created a school called Santa Camp. The issue we run into is that people just have a very specific idea of what Santa should look like. We have a lot of new Santas. I want to be able to be Black Santa for other families. I'm going to be going up to New Hampshire to learn all the ins and outs of being Santa. Oh, it's definitely going to be strange experience. So, John, because this is about who plays Santa, spoiler, stop listening if you've got yeah. kids around. But don't also click on this documentary if you think you're about to watch a Hallmark, soapy, lifetime movie, easy Christmas show because 
it's a documentary. And as much as it's about Santa, I actually think it's holding a bit of a mirror up to modern day society and American life. Because what it's really saying is how does an icon that has kind of represented a cultural component of society evolve with the society that it exists within because the guy who is the Black Santa is saying he'd received some racism against him when he put initially just a blow-up Santa in his front garden who happened to be black um, and how many people have since come to see him with their children um, and travelled hundreds of miles around the country because if you want to see representation and, and a Santa that kind of represents your family, you know, there's not many of them. But really you've got these very well-meaning kind of older white male, you know, traditional Santa and their Mary Claus wives in a lot of cases running what is quite a, a sweet and kind camp to get people ready for their, you know, play the characters that they play at Christmas time in the most authentic way possible, kind of hitting face on <laughs> issues in society and how do you, yeah, evolve that. So it's a, yeah. it's a really interesting slice of what's happening in the cauldron of America at the moment, isn't it? It's not just about Christmas. No, and it's, it speaks to how much Christmas means to so many people and because it means so much to people and because taking your kid to see Santa means so much that you want your kid to see a black Santa or if or in the, in the case of um, one of the participants who has this disability, like he's gone his whole life wanting to be Santa, why should he not be allowed to experience that? Yeah, it's just it's such an interesting and like it's almost the the Santa campness of it all is almost like comical as an introduction into what is like such a serious thing that does divide so many people and get so many people upset, but is really just about people wanting to have some representation. Isn't it? And then even the fact that it's set in New Hampshire, which they say at the upfront isn't at the beginning of the doco, isn't a particularly or one of the most diverse states in America. So the fact that this Santa camp is happening in what you could consider as a conservative and less multicultural state, I don't know how true that fact is. I'm not suggesting it's not multicultural, but you know, that it's in one of the states that's probably um, grappling the most with these kind of issues. So it's not a lifetime Santa movie, but. <laughs> Although I thought it was really interesting. It, it could have been. Like, I'm sure Santa Camp is would make a great Hallmark movie one day, but that, <laughs> yeah. that's not what this is. This is an yeah. um, excellent fe feature documentary. It's just about 90 minutes, so it's, a, it's, it's an easy watch. It sort of sways between, like, the silliness of Santa because Santa's silly and, like, the costumes and the, the history and the tradition and, you know, being in parades and going to malls and all that and then swinging kind of quite like aggressively to death threats and hate crimes and it's like and the proud boys who were yeah, yeah like what like just let people just let people have a bit of representation it's doesn't ruin your christmas <laughs> <laughs> well there you go santa camp so santa camp is streaming from friday november 25th just in time for the festive season i want to show everyone that i am the real santa sister him our church has been getting emails, phone calls, typical hate messages. This church is infected. This is a ploy to steal, kill, and destroy somebody's identity. We don't know if they have weapons. Yeah, kind of scary. John, we're at the stage of the podcast where we talk about dinner party recommendations. What have you got for us this week? The kind of things you tell your friends when you catch up for dinner, what they should be watching on binge. If they haven't come across it in one of your funny carousels, this week you had a carousel saying things that start with the letter A. Are you going to be going through the alphabet as you count us down over the holidays? Or? I think I think we might go through the alphabet. A, a <laughs> lot of people clicked on the on the A carousel, and you know, exhibit A over here. I did, I did. Yeah. So it's you know, 
we've got so much stuff on binge. We're always looking at sort of interesting ways, interesting lenses and angles to bring on things. And sometimes it's as simple as the first letter of the show. Um, but no, <laughs> um, uh, the show I'm going to talk about will be in the L carousel in a couple of weeks, <laughs> um, the beginning with L carousel. And that is Letter Kenny. To be fair, it seems like you're doing all this work to distract yourself from feelings you don't want to be dealing with. Get real. It's a lot of work, Wayne. I'll do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. So I do love a sitcom and I like medically need a sitcom in my in my life to be watching day in, day out, just to stay sane. And this has been one of the more delightful finds of the last few years. So Letterkenny is a Canadian sitcom. And it's about the sort of residents of this small town called Letterkenny, hence the name. And the town is kind of divided by what they call like hicks and out of towners and like the <laughs> local hockey team. Yeah, it's just such a unique and incredibly watchable sitcom. If you like stuff like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or Broad City or Reservation Dogs, like if yes, any yes. of that is your interest, you absolutely love this. But what I do say with Letterkenny is it kind of washes over you. Like there's just, it's such a unique tone. I don't know if it's just, you know, small town Canada or the way they talk or the way it's shot, but it's just, yeah, it's really unique. But it's it's still just a laugh out loud sitcom, and we've got nine seasons of it. So I know so many, so they've yeah. all just gone up, hey. Yeah. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, please check out Letterkenny. Love and it. We've got for like hardcore Letterkenny fans. There's a spinoff called Shawzy, which is about the um, hockey team, which we're getting in December. So lots of Letterkenny extended universe for you to explore on binge. Love some Canadian stuff. That's a great recommendation. I did see that that go up, so that's great. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna dip into the Santa theme, and I don't know if a lot of people know John, but we have all, all the Lifetime movies, um, all of them, but a great many Lifetime movies on binge. And this time of the year is kind of the time that the Lifetime and the Hallmark movies roll out, don't they? The big ones, you know, Home for Christmas. Lady comes home from the big smoke and gets stuck in a small inn. We have a Christmas carousel that's just gone up. And, you know, some people say you're not supposed to get into Christmas formally until December 1st, but it's been a hard year. Uh, no judgment here from me on Christmas. Start watching. We see people beginning to watch these these things. And we've got um, amongst the carousel, you've got unscripted shows, scripted shows, but also films and some of the traditional ones. You've got Elf, you've got Love Actually. Um, last year we had the, the very lovely um, Neil Patrick Harris 8-bit Christmas for a bit of 80s nostalgia of that passed you by last year. We've got Santa Camp, which is a documentary, but we've also got these light, easy, very consumable um, Christmas films, don't we, including things like Snowed In for Christmas, Radio Christmas, Christmas Bells, Last Chance for Christmas, and I could go on and on and on. So if you want to put something fun and easy up on the telly while you might be putting a Christmas tree up, I recommend you dive into that Christmas carousel and lean into all the fun that is the season of Christmas. What else is coming into that carousel? More things dropping, John, as we lots, get into Christmas? Lots more Christmas stuff dropping um, across November and December. And um, I know you said that maybe people would think it's too early, but to start watching Christmas, but a fun little tidbit, every year, the last few years, we've noticed around early November, people start typing Christmas into the search bar on mm. Binge in early November. So um, that sort of shoots up the search trends and people start watching our Christmas films. So yeah, every November, it's always, it's it's a reminder that it's uh, Christmas is coming and it's not too soon to start watching these films. So yeah. I also love it when you start creating in the carousel, like all the great Christmas episodes, you know. I know we do it for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and Halloween, but traditional Christmas episodes that you might remember from Friends and 
the um, office and yeah. in the office yeah so yeah never this garbage this is christmas Okay, this week on Skip Intro, we discussed Low Country, the Murdoor Dynasty. We talked about the feature documentary Santa Camp. I recommended that you check out the Canadian sitcom Letterkenny. And Ali reminded us about all the great Christmas content uh, films, uh, docos, series that we have on Binge. All of these are streaming for you now on Binge, which of course you can find on your favorite device. I'm John Baum, joined every week by Ali Herbert. Burns. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates, and we'll be back next week with more Skip Intro.